Hey, thanks for listening to Everyday Greatness. It's a nice little show brought to you by our major sponsor, ARA Group, an employee-owned company that provides essential services for your facility and infrastructure and is one of Australia's biggest supporters of community projects. Everyday Greatness isn't rocket science. We're just trying to make you feel proud again of simply being a good, solid human being by speaking to some real people who found that the strength they needed to deal with any challenge in their life had been inside them the whole time. The ARA Group is proud to stand alongside Everyday Greatness, and we all hope that you enjoy the show. Uh, it's a real pleasure to introduce Fox Sports Australia's Sarah Jones, and that's an easy thing to do, because Sarah is a collision of the passions that people in her hometown of Echuca in beautiful country Victoria all have in common. The first of these passions is a love of sport, which can be summed up by Sarah's job at Fox Sports Australia, where her commentary and hosting gigs include the AFL Grand Final, the Ashes and the President's Cup. Another trait shared by most Australian country people is their love of family, which, in Sarah's case, helped create an insatiable appetite for sport. Her grandfather, Jack Jones, won three premierships with the Essendon Bombers in the AFL after serving in World War II as a teenager. Sarah's father, Tony, brought Sarah up and her siblings when Sarah's mum was sadly killed in a car accident when Sarah was just eight years old. Sarah's love letter to footy delivered in the Norm Smith oration for the Melbourne Cricket Club not long ago was again a perfect collision of the passions that unite Australia, especially country Australia. It was an opportunity that came about through her work with and public status that comes with a job at Fox Sports. It's a speech that lovers of sport in Australia dream of being invited to deliver. And in the speech, she gave several nods to the love of the family she grew up in and the one she's bringing up with her husband and her two little girls right now. They say you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. And we're incredibly grateful to say Sarah Jones joins us on Everyday Greatness right now. Sarah Jones, welcome. Hello, how are you? Ah, fabulous. It's Scotty here and ah, it's so good to have you with us. We really, really appreciate it. Hey, let's start by hearing about your family. What what kind of man your husband Lee is and what kind of girls are your children? Oh, well, my girls um, love a lot of the things that I love, actually. They love reading and sport and um, catching up with their cousins. So they um, are kind of at the very, like, junior starting points of sport, but it's really fun to watch them being passionate about uh, getting onto a team and playing their basketball or netball or whatever it is that they're doing. So, um, yeah, that's really, really good fun to see them enjoying that. And my eldest daughter is a, a bookworm, so very similar <laughs> to me. She loves her books and she's just recently got the um, new Ash Barty books that have oh, uh, wow. hit bookstores. So uh, that you speak of collision of passions, that's definitely that for her because she loves her sport and, like, what better role model could anyone ask for than Ash Barty? She is a, a superstar person and a superstar athlete and a great person for people to look up to. So mm. the fact that she has written um, or helped write some books I think is such a great thing for little kids. Yeah, that's good. And and does Lee take them to the to the sporting games and – yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a juggle with us, um, with everyone working and football season and obviously weekend sports. But we, um, yeah, we 
always have um, always try to get along to watch them play, and yeah, we get a lot of joy out of watching them play their sport. Yeah, that's terrific because your your lifestyle with your hours that you have to do that's great that you can still get along and see them. Yeah, yeah, it is um, sometimes a bit you know tricky when uh, if I say I'm doing Friday night football and Miller might be playing basketball, or but we we make it work. Good you, good you. So sports, the passion of sports is genetic, you reckon? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I certainly was brought up in a really sporty household as a child um, and my weekends were spent at the local football ground or the netball courts and living in a country town, there wasn't, you know, a plethora of things to do other than be immersed in sport. Yeah. So that's kind of what we did growing up and, um, yeah, you say it's in the genes. Obviously, Pop played a big role in that and my dad played a big role in that. Um, but yeah, like of the five of us children, I'm definitely the most, um, passionate about sport. Yeah. Did, what, um, what did you play? Were you, were you a netballer or did you play footy? What were you doing? No, no, there was no opportunity to play football when I was growing up. So for girls anyway, um, so it was tennis in the summer and netball in the winter. Um, and we all kind of... Um, we played netball a few times a week and we coached and we umpired and we kind of lived down at the netball courts and we all did like dance and ballet and basically just kept really active. Oh, wonderful. Now, being a parent, because we all know how busy a lifestyle it is and then raising children and whatnot, how impressed are you that your dad was able to raise five children more or less on his yeah. own? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I've always known that it was a really a really remarkable thing for him to have done, but certainly more so now that I'm a parent, I understand and appreciate just how all-consuming that would have been. Um, I think growing up in the country, he had a, a great community behind him and a lot of support, um, you know, with even things like running us to netball training or football training or whatever it was. Uh, I think growing up in a small country community would have definitely helped logistically, but still a, a you know, a crazy amount of his time, effort and energy and, and sacrifice into bringing us up as kids. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're very lucky. Huge. Totally huge. Now, let's get on to you. The, the Norm Smith oration, that must have been a highlight, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. So I um, I was asked to do it and then write write my love letter to football and it was I really love writing and it's something I don't get to do as much in my job as I perhaps used to when I was a on the road reporter so I yeah really enjoyed being able to sit down and well, I was going to say put pen to paper but typed it on the laptop but you get what I mean <laughs> be able to um be able to yeah get my thoughts down and reflect on how much I love the game and how much it has shaped who I am and how much I hope my kids love the game as much as I do. Yeah, that's terrific. Hey, I reckon it's time to put you on to Barnaby. Are you happy with that? Yeah, sure. Barnaby, over to you. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Scotty. Hello, Sarah. I was hey, hoping Barnaby. to ask you a couple of questions about your love letter to football. I think it's an incredible uh, oration and I just want to ask you a couple of questions about it. You yeah, say sure. at one stage to football, I love what you did for my pop as a young man. You gave him something to throw himself into after experiencing the terrors of war. How highly do you hold your pop up, pop up as an Australian man? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Pop is is a legend, um, and he led an extraordinary life. Um, but I think, in that sense, football was able to give him a real sense of purpose and direction. I mean, he was only a very young man when he returned from the war, and obviously, what he saw over there would have been incredibly traumatic. To be able to pour yourself into something you're so passionate about in football would have been a really great thing. <clears throat> very true, very true. He sounds like a sensational human being. You also talk about how football has given you the chance to do a job that you love. You said, football, I love that you give me the chance to live my broadcasting dreams and in doing so become a role model for young girls who want to pursue this as a career. How much pride do you get out of knowing that you're, that young girls today will look to you as somebody who proves they can work in sports and media as a woman? Yeah, it's um, it's probably something I'll think a little bit more about when I'm older um, and have finished my broadcasting career. But at the moment, it's something that, um, yeah, I'm really cognizant of, particularly as a, a mum of little girls, that prior to us doing what we're doing, there weren't women involved in football hosting. So um, to be able to do that for the first time and then show people that it is possible is a really powerful and really cool thing. So while I love lots of sports and I could have got my broadcasting dream through other sports, it was football that provided the platform for me. Very true, very true. You also you talked a bit earlier to Scott about not being able to play footy when you were younger, but in part of your oration to football, you say you say something very pertinent. Oh, you give praise to the trailblazing women who play the game, saying football. I'm so proud that young women are more involved in our game than ever before, and what a movement women's football has become in recent years. How jealous are you of young women today who can sign up and play football for their local clubs when you didn't get the chance when you were a kid? Funnily enough, I actually don't think I would have played football even if given the opportunity, um, which I know sounds odd given how much I love the game, um, but I just don't think I'm tough enough to have played football. Um, I, I really liked the sport of netball in a playing sense. But what I am jealous of is the opportunities and the choice that girls have now. So while I didn't necessarily grow up dreaming of playing football, it always would be lovely to be able to have that choice and that's something my daughters have now. So if they want to play football, they can. And I think that choice is powerful. Now, they may never pick up a, a share in it and kick it in a game ever and that is fine because if they don't want to that's cool but it's nice to think that if they do want to there's the avenue to pursue that and also I like the idea again as a mum of girls to be able to turn the television on and and they don't see it's only the men being put on a pedestal uh, and being celebrated and lauded and um, given the spotlight that also girls and their achievements are also being celebrated. Very well said. Uh, now, I think you undersell yourself here. You would have been tough enough by a mile to play footy. No, Your husband no. was a good footballer. He, he could have taught you how to be tough. No, no, I don't, I don't think I had the toughness required or I the re- skill or <laughs> the pace 
or, or lots of things. But that's okay. It doesn't, and I think that's part of what my role proves. You don't have to have played football to do the job. You can still love football just as much, even if you haven't played it yourself. Well, you you would be a very valuable team member. <laughs> a good coach, perhaps. <laughs> Something like that. You would have you would have been fine. Um, now back to your your oration at the uh, Norm Smith. In a fairly powerful closing, you say, like all great love affairs, we've certainly had our moments, but to me, you are home. You're part of me, and I have a small part of you. I can't imagine a life without you. Our love is forever. That's a pretty strong sentiment. Has footy really meant that much to you over your life? Oh, absolutely. It's um, <clears throat> excuse me, it is just part of me. It is part of the rhythms of my life. I can't imagine, like, even, I don't know, like, it, it, that the, during the COVID lockdown when we didn't have football for a while, that was such a strange time and we all felt a little bit lost. Um, yeah, football is just the rhythm of my life and what round it is and, you know, the weekends and... Um, it's a sense of history and uh, if I look back at the 90s or early 2000s, what I'm thinking of is not so much moments in world history. I'm thinking of football. Um, Yeah, it's a powerful game and I think living in Melbourne, you're able to really absorb that. So a lot of people judge their history on where they were when man landed on the moon and things. You judge your history by when James Heard won Brownlow medals. Exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, and, you know, I think back to what year it was and you think, oh, who won the flag that year or whatever it might be. Um, Yeah, it's just part of me. It's the rhythm of my life. It's um, And something that even when, you know, like I, I sometimes I think, oh, I'd love to not live in Melbourne because it's so cold and I can't stand our winters. But also, I think I would miss football so much if I didn't live here. So, um, you know, e- even later <laughs> later in life, I'm, all, I'm always going to need to be able to just get to the MCG to watch a game of footy if I have to. Sarah, I think one of the traits of country Victorians is modesty, and I think you have that in spades. I think you are a really, really great role model. You're talking about Ash Barty being a good role model. I think girls and women in Australia today are lucky to have you to look up to. So thank you so much oh, for joining me. You. I'm going to hand you back over to Scott. Thank, thank you, Sarah. You. Hey. Thanks, Barnaby. He's good. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. He, hey, Scott he's again. very good. So tell me, your lifestyle, your the pace, that rhythm of life that you were talking about, it must be ridiculously busy with the, the work. You working yeah. on weekends and, and then the work-life balance and having the two girls yeah. and the husband and the job. How do you spin all those plates? One of my girlfriends always says to me, I do all the things. I'm a doer, so I don't sit still very often um, and I do run at a high pace all of the time. Um, I'm very organised and always have been. So I'm like even now as I sit here talking to you, I'm sitting in front of my calendar and, you know, it's highlighted for different bits and pieces. Um, But one thing I have found of late is that if I'm working of a night doing a Thursday night or a Friday night football, I actually need to try and schedule time 
to sit during the day and just have a bit of a rest because otherwise I can run around like a crazy person <laughs> doing things for the kids and the house and the family and whatever. And then I go to work at four o'clock and I'm there till midnight yes. and I'm only just beginning and then I'm kind of exhausted before I've begun the most important part of my job. Um, yeah. I'm a really big reader and so the only time I can do one thing at once is when I read. So if I watch television, I'm also probably on my phone doing a Woolies online order. <laughs> I'm organising the kids' basketball uh, fixtures, etc. So I find it really hard to do one thing at a time unless I'm reading. So when I'm reading, I'm locked into doing just that one thing. And so I try to be quite um, diligent in going, all right, I'm going to read for an hour today. So then I find myself sitting and relaxing and doing nothing before then I have to go into work all night because otherwise you're exhausted by the oh, time you get there. I think that's so good that you're telling people that you actually need me time. Although you're you're busy and you've got you're a mum and you're you've got husband and then you've got really strange commitments and long hours. That's terrific that you can get some me time out of it. Yeah, and in some ways, like reading is um, a really beautiful, luxurious pastime and it's lovely. But I think you're always learning and as a broadcaster and a communicator, mm. the best way to continually, you know, your vocab, your understanding of the world, everything is to be a reader. Yeah. And I think every book I read is helping me in my role as a communicator as well. So or it's always that's how I justify it to myself. Always sporting books or what, what sort of genres no, are you reading? No, never sporting books. Oh. I, in fact, I, I rarely read sporting books, um, mostly fiction. Mostly oh, really? Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something complete. I, I do read the odd sporting book, but I prefer not to. It actually feels like a bit of a chore right. to read a sports <laughs> book. So, um, yeah, I kind of figure I, I get enough of that elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's terrific. So what's what's the best sporting event you've seen live, do you reckon? Oh, goodness. Oh, um, a Sally Pearson winning gold in London um, at the Olympics. And so I was there and what the, the angle we were sitting on at the finish line, it didn't look like she'd finished first. Um, that was insane. And about half an hour before that, I'd been at the velodrome and saw Anna Mears beat Victoria Pendleton at the Olympics. Wow. And that was incredible. Uh, yeah. So it was like yeah. in the space of an hour, I got to see Australia win two gold medals. Two iconic moments. Good yeah. you. Good you. Yeah. So what's the sporting event you'd still like to see if you had a chance to, to go and see uh, one event now? What would you? Oh, I'd love to go to the Super Bowl. I think that would be pretty incredible. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go to the Super Bowl or even the Masters Golf. I think I'd like to, um, yeah, one of those really big, historic, amazing ones. Good you, good you. Yeah. So who have you enjoyed interviewing? As a sports person, oh. who have you enjoyed interviewing the most? Do you oh, goodness. Um, when I was young, I really loved Kieran Perkins and his amazing win in Atlanta. So the first time I got to interview him was a bit of a, like, pinch me moment. Yeah. Um, same with Pat Rafter, um, interviewing him. And Pat, um, you, you know, the saying, never meet your heroes because you might be disappointed. Well, Pat certainly doesn't disappoint. He is just such a lovely, lovely man. Um, so meeting him was really special. Um, goodness. 
Yeah, I, I, I think well, I really should one day sit down and write down some of the um, people I have interviewed and the events I've been to because you kind of forget it all blends into it one. It does, um, it does. But, yeah, there has been some really cool cool moments over the years. Could you? So what, what sports person are you looking forward to interviewing in the next little while? Is there someone that's on your little I've got to do list? Well, because I'm predominantly football, um, there probably isn't anyone, but goodness, if you could shoot for the stars and interview anyone on the planet, it'd be pretty cool to sit down with Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, Tiger Woods and, and Greg Norman in the same room, that'd be good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> mm. So summer in Australia is, is all about televised sports. What what do you reckon we've got to look forward to with, with Fox Sports for this year. Yeah, so the cricket this year will be huge um, with the uh, World Cup um, and, you know, Test Summer, Big Bash, all of the things. It'll be, um, yeah, really, really, really exciting. And I think we talk about the rhythms of life. I mean, to me, that's, that's summer, isn't it? The sound of having the cricket on in the background while you've got a barbecue going and... Um, yeah, I think that's just part of the Aussie landscape. Yeah, you're terrific. Gee, you've been generous with your time today, Sarah. Thank you so much. We're oh, very, very grateful. All of us on the Everyday Greatness team, we really appreciate your your candour. Because oh, you know, you're a busy, you are a busy soul, and we've taken half an hour of your reading time away. So we're very grateful. <laughs> no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Always lovely to chat. Oh, Thank you so terrific. much, Sarah. Hey, thank you, Sarah Jones, for joining us. We really appreciate your openness and your insights, and thank you all for listening. Thank you to the ARA Group for being our major sponsor for the fifth year in a row, and thank you to Look Studio Australia for recording this podcast. And I hope when you put your device down later on, you lift your head up, put your shoulders back, walk down the street feeling proud to be an everyday Joe or Joanne Baker Donuts. Hey, you can listen to Everyday Greatness next week where Barnaby will be talking to recently retired Australian business executive Mary Canning about how leading by example can guide your team to success and about how simply being an authentic human being is enough to get you ahead in life. We hope you can join us for that one. But in the meantime, if you want to find out more about this show, just go to our website, everydaygreatness.com.au. That's everydaygreatness.com.au. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube or LinkedIn. Thanks for listening today. On behalf of Barnaby Howth and myself, Scott Gibbons, we'll chat again soon.